But I think the part that still bugs me about it is more associated with like just how drained I am from those three years of changing everything about life um, during the pandemic. I I don't know if I'm grieving an old version of myself or if I've lost some of it but can get it back. What's good? Welcome back. We are not for everyone. Just shut the fuck up. (laughs) Hey, let me just finish what I'm supposed to say. We're an existential commentary podcast hosted by one hater and one lover. Okay, this is the problem. (laughs) Tell me. Tell me what the problem is. Jess is laughing at me because every time I do the intro, like as much as I love to blab and love to improvise, I cannot, the stress I feel, trying to nail the intro and do justice by this language, I can't, I can't improvise it. So I'm reading every time I just read like this sentence that Jess prepared and wrote out. And I like, there's nothing about it I can improvise. I can't even, she was making fun of me for just saying, hey, every time, like one time she wrote out, hey, yeah, welcome back, blah, blah, blah. And I'm incapable of not reading the hey or improvise. So this time you got a what's good. I just didn't expect it to be what's good. I thought it was gonna be high. I thought it was gonna be a little more standard. You went from hey to what's good. Like you were like, I'm really going to innovate this time to prove to her that I can do it. Right. And it took me off guard. But I know you're an improviser. I know that. I'm an innovator. You are an innovator. It is just funny though, because like obviously the existential commentary bit is the part we want to say every time. The hey, welcome back was just like placeholder language for us to know. You know what I mean? And you just you just run with it. Thank God you didn't write placeholder <laughs> greeting here because that's what I'd be reading. I have two comments. It's the Anchorman teleprompter. Yeah. Yes. That was my first comment was the Anchorman. You are Ron Burgundy. And my second comment is that I once for work drafted an email for other people to send. Ooh. And I wrote like what the subject line should be, what the email should be. And somebody copy pasted it in the subject. I said like, in parentheses or something like insert um, client specific thing here. And the person literally copy pasted that in the subject and sent it to the client without filling in the information. I was like, can you think for two seconds? We're getting paid three figures, six figures, three figures, LOL. Three figures in that case. $112 a year, please. (laughs) In that case, do whatever the fuck you want. You're just trying to get by. But no, I was like, "You you are a professional at this big company. Figure it out. It was really, it like took me off guard for the whole week. I was so mad. That's a thousand percent something that I would do. That to me is just a (laughs) symptom of being like my brain is not in this job. But do you remember, was there blowback? Was there like, did the client say anything? No. Apparently it was like a really chill client who didn't notice anyway. It's pretty rough. There was no blowback other than people on my team were like, welcome to marketing. Like, this is how it works. The the people at the company that you're writing this marketing stuff for is, are never going to understand it exactly the way you can spell it out for them and like feed it to them on a silver platter and they're still not gonna get it I was like okay well good thing I don't care about this job either (laughs) (laughs) you think you don't care I don't care like it's just competition and I win in the game of who cares least I win trust me trust me but I don't know I still care about doing a good job I get you girl um I received I received an email like that. It wasn't a big deal. It was, I can't remember who it was from, but somebody had me on somewhere and I guessed it on something and they like sent a thank you email that was like... Template. Yeah, templated at the end. They forgot to take out the bracketed like custom compliment to their channel here or something oh like that. God. But oh I don't, God. I don't, but when I see that, because that is so something that I, I mean, anyone can send that. I, it didn't affect, like, I don't feel anything about it. I just felt like, oh man, I feel for you. I was like, I hoped, I hoped that they didn't see it. I was like, oh, that's a bad day for them if they see it. Yes. I, I don't judge it on the receiving end, but on the sender side, especially as the person that's writing a lot of this language for other people to send, it makes me feel like, did I not do a good enough job communicating this as the person that like drafted this for you or templated it? Like it made me kind of like, I feel like I did everything I could to make this clear and you still didn't get it. Like, what am I missing? So that was very specific to... Yeah. Being in the role that I'm in at my company. But 
yeah, when I see it on the receiving end, I'm like, okay, whatever. We all make mistakes. I feel like there's too much putting people on pedestals in the world, like in corporate America, outside of corporate America. I feel like um, we just expect people to be perfect and like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. We think that people who are leaders and like bosses and stuff are like these people that we should revere and they do no wrong. And there's just this attitude of like, uh, reverence around leadership and corporate prowess. And and because the I guess like the more of a leader you become, there's the more there is this feeling that you can't show any weakness, that you can't show any yes. humility, even humility that you can't show like self-doubt, but obviously like self-doubt and questioning yourself and that kind of humility is like a really important part of being a good leader, but it gets harder and harder to show that, or for, I think for people to remember to show that and also um, to see that, yeah, in the people you're looking up to. Yeah, I feel like I notice that all the time in different ways at at work, like at my current job, at past jobs, and it's something that for whatever reason, I feel like I've almost never been that way. I think my parents ingrained it in me that like leaders are just people too and like they both lead their own companies and so cool. Um, I think like have a culture with their teams where, I mean, obviously they're going to call the shots, but they're also like kind of on equal footing and we'll talk things through and like brainstorm together and whatever. So I think I've just seen that a lot. And whenever I notice people that I work with, like especially junior level, newer to the workforce people feeling very like intimidated because the CEO is going to be on this call or very like, oh my goodness, I just met the VP and like I I tripped over my words. Oh my gosh. It's like, remember that they're people. Remember that they started their careers and were in the same shoes you're in back in the day. Like they probably have a lot of times they have kids and their kids are now like entering the workforce maybe and they they have empathy for it because they see it in their yeah. young kids like all of these things they're people with full lives who have made mistakes who have seen people they love make mistakes like yeah it's okay to not be perfect around them and it's okay to treat them like they are not this perfect like on a pedestal figure either and I get really irrationally annoyed when I see people doing that because I just think it's um, it's like self-limiting, you know? So it, it happened at work this week. You get annoyed when you see people putting others on a pedestal. Yeah, like for no good, even celebrities, although I don't know. That's, that's something that I haven't explored as much in my brain, so I don't have as much to say about it. But just anyone, it's like yeah. they are a person that you don't know what's going on behind the the like image that you see and the leader that you're revering and – I feel like a a hack to actually developing and growing more in a career, for example, is to see those people as human because mm. you will actually form like better, more trusted, more like direct and open communicative relationships with them where you will grow because of that. If you interact with them as if you are on their level, which you are because you're a person, um, it says, yeah, it, it does a lot, I guess, psychologically. Right. It's so hard to do. I can't do it. I can't do it in the, in the workplace, which is why I was just like, no more coworkers for me. I won't I won't have any. No, I won't work with anyone any longer. And that's fair, too. That's a fair, like, knowing yourself is also important. If that's a hard thing for you to do, then adjust. I think it's the field. I mean, if it's, if it's a field I feel incompetent in, then I, yeah. I gave up on that. I eventually just got very comfortable. It took so much energy for me to feign confidence in tech that I just um started giving myself permission to announce to everybody how bad I was did it all the time I was like it's exhausting Mm -hmm. to keep this to myself like let's just start saying it next you shared that with me before how you felt like you were like the least intelligent person on the team and like didn't know what you were doing compared to other people so how would how would you say things like that and then how would they react didn't feel like I was the least intelligent, but at least like the least skilled, which also was factually true. Right. I started in that career. I was only a few years into that career and other people had been doing it, you know, since they graduated college or whatever. So I was factually less experienced. Yeah. And really the biggest limiter was that I just wasn't that interested in it. Like it's so hard to really work at something you're not that interested in. It is probably yeah. the most draining thing. Um, so it was my fault, all my fault. And I'd also at a certain point decided I didn't want to grow. When I went into tech, 
I did have the idea that like I'm gonna I could make this into a, a lifelong career and then that eventually switched and then once I kind of decided not trying to grow here don't know what's gonna happen maybe I'll do design maybe I'll do grow on YouTube I don't know but tech is not where I'm gonna grow then I think that's kind of the point where I was just like it's exhausting to try and talk myself up all the time um and my boss was she was really really an interesting person some of the best leadership I've ever worked with at at my last company but she also some there's a man and a woman who like led the company together they were both great and both very different but one thing she did is she sometimes stepped into a therapist mode, which it had a lot of benefits in the company because it was like very reflective, very showing up as your as a person. Um, she would always encourage me to share my feelings and what I was working on projects outside of work and this and that and what are you thinking about, what's stressing you out. And it actually, as someone who's very open, if you ask me a question, I'll answer it. I'll answer it. Right. And that was great. And then it eventually got to a place where I was like, I'm way oversharing here. Like, I know Mm. I was oversharing. And she was not over digging, but she would just like ask and ask as much as you would talk. And was always doing check-ins about like, how are you feeling about work this week to everybody? Like, what's great about work? What's bad about work? What's this? What's that? And it's like, those things are going to fluctuate week to week. I actually didn't. It was really nice that she cared to know what was energizing us. Do we want to be switched off a project? What did we, what were we feeling interested in? What do we want to change? What are we hating? But first of all, I don't think you can give like thoughtful reflections on that weekly. Yeah. It's too much. I'm trying to do my fucking job and I'm tr- I'm, I'm trying to do it badly, but I'm really busy doing that. <laughs> and and it also became I had to learn the lesson actually from other coworkers. They were like, "Yeah, you actually don't owe your boss every thought and feeling about your work." It became it became too much and it was hard for me to learn to draw a line. It was a very specific scenario. Loved her, adored her, learned so much like anything good I've learned about self-respect, self-advocacy, work-life balance, healthy communication at work or outside, so many different things. It, it really became like a personal relationship, but I had to learn this really weird lesson of drawing a personal boundary. And it's not like she was prying. She was doing it in the name of a healthy work culture. I, I really relate to it because I've noticed this with companies where I've they've had a very like family like culture almost like yeah you are one of their kind and they want to create a space where you can be open about how you're feeling about work and I've been really actually I do consider myself lucky to have worked a lot of places like that but the flip side to it is that you end up sharing so much about your frustrations and sometimes like you said those frustrations are fleeting like they change week to week but if you voice them and put put words to them to someone else it makes it feel like a much bigger problem than maybe it even is and so then they might over index on that and want to check with you next week or create a solution to it or whatever talk to other people about it and it just like can snowball in a way that if you had just taken some time to like simmer down about it and nobody really asked you about it and a month later there was a conversation about that experience, like you might not feel the same way and it might be something that like completely blew over. Totally. Um, I just feel like having friends at work, having like that type of emotionally open relationship with a boss, very, very good things to a point, but then they can almost like kind of self-implode, like become like a self-fulfilling prophecy where you're caught up in you're it. Putting, you're putting a voice to like the little frustrations in your head and then they escalate because you put voice to it. Does that make sense? Totally. Yeah. It's funny because I think before experiencing that, I would have thought like all communication and all emotions and all truth and honesty is great everywhere all the time. No. No, there really are yeah. different rules in that ecosystem, um, which I guess probably everyone's already figured that out. But I was like 27 for the first time working in a corporate situation. I was making all these mistakes that I feel like a 22-year-old would make, but I was just doing it way later. It was a, such a different world from acting. Yeah, I was like, oh, you guys don't just like make a habit of sexually like abusing people here. It's so, <laughs> so crazy. <laughs> yeah. 
I don't think, though, I would give yourself more credit because I do think that that's something that people struggle with at any, like, any level in their career. It's because you might not encounter somebody like that in your first job. Yeah. So you, you don't, even if you've been in the corporate world for longer, since you were 22, whatever, you might not just encounter that type of culture until later. I also think that like in the last three, four years, that type of culture has become even more prominent and popular. And like that's yeah. what people look for at work, a more inclusive place, a more a place where they can speak their minds freely, a place where emotions are allowed. And like, again, I'm down for all of that. But it is kind of like new to yeah. that world. And people don't know the lines. I feel like people haven't, fe- you know, all good intentions probably. But like, I think people haven't, figured out how exactly it needs to look there. Yeah, because it doesn't look different than in your private life. And it's weird because I think different people have different preferences too. Like even at my work right now, I have some people on my team who are really big on like, let's share personal updates with each other. Let's at the beginning of our check-ins have like (sighs) 10 minutes of personal chatter followed by whatever the agenda was. And I can understand where it's coming from. It's also a fully remote company, so we don't really see each other in person. Why does it always feel annoying, though? It always feels like it just a waste of fucking time. I I immediately I, I immediately groaned as soon as you said it. I'm like, we already it. we already have to be on this Zoom call. Like, I already have to be in a meeting. Like, this is not making me feel more connected to you. Like, I just don't feel connected to you. Like, let's get the meeting over shorter, not drag out the meeting longer. Totally. I, I I just hate up top small talk. When there's an agenda, we work together. Let's like look at the agenda, talk about it. And if we're done with the call in 20 minutes instead of 30 minutes, yeah. great. Let's hang up the phone instead of being like, oh, well, we always have extra time. So now let's chat. Oh, my God. It's one of those. But I, I do know it's coming from a good place. Like we all work remotely at my company and at a lot of companies now. We don't have the in-person like water cooler talk that – you used to have and I also have to be honest that like I am a person that enjoyed that I'm such a people person I love to like chat with someone in passing in the kitchen when I used to have office jobs so I am that type of person yeah and also at this stage in my career at a job that's fully remote where I just want to like do the work and be done and where it's not only about that but it's also just like time on phone calls and time yes. on Zoom meetings so draining is draining and yeah and like takes up too much of the day takes away from the time I have to like do my focused work so yeah. all of those things accumulate to be like I just don't want to do this with you but how do you say that or how do you how are they not noticing that it obviously doesn't feel like anything like they are also the ones know. doing it they are the also the ones who feeling like how empty you feel like everyone feels the same way about it and it's I'm, I'm laughing because it's such a like a poor attempt at like of course it's the obvious thing that you try but it's actually such a poor attempt at replicating um water cooler banter because like you think about the interactions in an office or in a shared space. It's not me spinning around in my desk chair, looking at you straight in the face while we make full unbroken eye contact and me saying what I did that weekend. Like, (laughs) it's something happens and like I can still keep working and I say something over my shoulder and like I can walk away at any point. It's not just like a staring contest where we recite facts of our timeline. Like it's so, it's so completely off, yeah. I know. I, totally. And you're, you're right. Like, how do they not feel that they're not getting met with the same energy? Because that really is what happens in these moments. I mean, I don't have a better recommendation. That's the thing. Maybe two out of five people on the call are like excited to do this. And then everyone else is just playing along because they've been asked to. But it's funny when it comes around to me in those situations, it's like my turn to update about my personal life. I'm like, what do um, you say? Literally, the last time it happened, <laughs> I was like, well, Rihanna performed at the Super Bowl last night, so that was, like, really personally life-changing. Like, I just made it about, like, pop culture. She's like, well, Rihanna, I can give you an update about Rihanna. Rihanna is now eight months pregnant, and that is very exciting for me. There's a thing in the office where Kelly Kapoor, Jim asked Kelly how she's been, and she talks about, like, Ben and Jennifer Affleck getting back together or whatever, and, like, this, that, the other. He's like, no, but how are you? And she's like, I just told you. Like, that's her life. Um, so that was kind of like the angle that I approached it with because I just don't feel like sharing a lot of my personal life. I think it's, I would rather get back to my 
day and my work. There are still, there are some people on my team, that being said, that like I've formed more personal connections with and I'll have a side conversation with them and say like, oh, this weekend I'm doing this or whatever. But like on the meeting with the whole team, I don't want to, I don't want to, but they can't, I don't know. There is no better way in this new age of remote work or I'd love to know if there is I'd love to know if someone's figured it out but I haven't seen it the forced happy hours the zoom happy hours the best was um there was this guy on our team who I absolutely treasured like he must be protected but he would get on (laughs) he would get on to share a life update and someone would be like well I'm like putting up a fence in the backyard like spent a lot of the weekend in the garden I'd be like well I'm working on a new YouTube video and he'd be like, my wife and I are sleeping on on the couch, like separate beds. And we're getting divorced. He was giving us like step-by-step updates about his marriage falling apart. And like, and like how his wife like cheated on him with Lexus and got pregnant. You're joking. By some like underage kid. Like, I don't know. The whole thing was so crazy. And it was like a crazy story. It was like a, or like, or no, I think she like cheated on him with like a stepbrother or something. Like, like her stepbrother. I don't know. It was a crazy story. And he was giving us all the updates. Oh my God. This poor guy. He just like, he was so open. He was so open. He would always say things in meetings like he was so dear. Everyone like adored him. But he would say things in meetings where our boss would frequently have to be like, like that was an overshare, which I guess he can share if he wanted. But then he'd have other moments in meetings where he'd say something where he'd be like, you know, um, I think it would be, we're doing some like work co-working scenario communicating in the office and he'd be like I think of you as my wife you might be like my wife and he would just say these things that were so inappropriate that the boss but everyone know how well he means and my boss would just have to be like I do I do have to like state that I don't agree with that statement but we can move forward (laughs) she'd be like I do have to be shown acknowledging what you just said and I can't approve it but um Wow. It was great. I've never had, I've never encountered anything like that, but he sounds like a sweetie. (laughs) I I wish him all the best. Talk about a sweet kook, yeah. What timing to be talking about like remote work and Zoom happy hours and all that because I saw on my Instagram today, you know how it sometimes pops up with memories of like what you've posted on your stories in previous years on the same date. Today, March 17th is when we're recording this episode, um, is basically like, Three years from, yeah, three years from when the pandemic all started and everything shut down and there was a picture that I had posted on my story of like me out for a walk, like social distancing, whatever. It was like pre-masks. It was pre, like a week later, they shut down all the parks in Chicago. I couldn't even go for a walk in the park anymore for a couple months. Anyway, yeah, this is the anniversary of that. I can't believe that was only three years ago. Doesn't it sound, doesn't it seem like it was 10 years ago? in a way it really feels like a different life because we changed so much about our lives and now we're like trying to change back I'm struggling with changing back I'll be honest what are you trying to change back to I'm not trying to go back (laughs) trying to go back I think when it comes to and I've talked about this a little bit or like in certain ways on the podcast before when it comes to socializing again I've just become a lot more introverted than I ever have been before as a result of these past three years. And it, it's I think it's partly these past three years. It's partly getting older and like reprioritizing things. But I kind of miss a lot of that in-person interaction that I used to have constantly pre-pandemic. And I'm trying to find this balance for myself as a historically extroverted person who's more introverted now and like okay with that. Also, our world is more... I don't know, more geared towards introversion, I think, now than it was before. And I'm cool with all that, but I still want some of the flavor stuff I used to do before. And it's hard. It's actually like hard to do it. I went out for dinner with some friends last night who were like my go-to friends during the pandemic. We saw each other every Friday, like out outdoor grilling or something that was like safe to do. And they were like my family in Chicago during that time. And now I like barely ever see them. And we got dinner last night and it was so nice. But we were all talking about like, why don't, I don't know. There was a weird like, we couldn't see anyone. Then we could see people outside. And that was like, we did that a lot for a while. 
And now we're back to a weird thing of like just not socializing in the same ways, not having the same energy for it. I don't I can't pinpoint exactly what it is. No, I, I definitely also feel it. I definitely also feel it. I think it's become I think I'd associated it less with the cultural changes of the pandemic because in that time I also had so many other big like I moved, I left a relationship, I changed cities. Um, but you are right, a hundred percent. It's the there are cultural changes of the pandemic that I think I wasn't even appreciating in that way. Like the energy that we had in the beginning of quarantine as opposed to now, like kind of I think there you have my I experienced microcosms of that. I was just talking to my brother about this. Like we can both do that thing where we just self-isolate and forget to leave the house for so long. And mm-hmm. if I force myself out, I did it this past week. I hadn't seen anyone in days. Hadn't got out of pajamas in days. And I was like, I was, I wanted to just stay in and work some more that evening. But I was like, bitch, do your fucking hair. Good job. Put on some fucking makeup. You're putting on a dress right now and you're going out to dinner alone. I don't care if anyone's around. You're going to dinner. And I like sat myself at a bar and had dinner. And it was shocking as it is every time, it was shocking to remember what society is like. It was like, oh, this is good. And if you just spend enough time away from it, you forget and it gets harder and harder to re-enter. And it gets harder and harder to even yeah. remember the thing that you're missing exactly until you run into someone at the 7-Eleven and it's like the best interaction of your week, like paying for your Reese's cup. But um, But I do think there's another aspect for you and I our age like we went into the pandemic at a certain age and we came out this is the age where like all of a sudden everyone decided they're getting married and there are huge shifts that happen culturally maybe not culturally um like life stage wise that happen with socializing when people are making those shifts so I do feel like I kind of feel like that's also a thing like all of a sudden all my friends I are realized all my friends are in relationships or married every single Mm. one yeah, I think you're right. I, and I, it's like hard to admit that that's part of it, but it's definitely part of it. So I do think it is exacerbated by the age and like life stage that we're at. That that explains the part of me that doesn't really have a problem with this shift, to be honest. Like I'm actually kind of comfortable with this at least right now, I feel kind of comfortable with like the shifting life stages that are happening with my friends. I feel like I'm very focused right now on kind of like career aspirations and building a business and like things that I've really dreamt of for a long time for myself. And so if that looks like getting engaged or having kids or something for my friends, I'm cool with the fact that we all are doing these things in our own lanes right now because I oh, yeah. I have something that I'm giving myself to in, in its own way. Yeah, I wouldn't trade it. Right. But I think the part that is still bugs me about it is more associated with like just how drained I am from those three years of changing everything about life um, during the pandemic. I I don't know if I'm grieving an old version of myself or if I've lost some of it but can get it back or like want to get it back. You know, like I think I've lost some of my energy for – in-person gathering and on one hand I still go out and do things don't get me wrong and like when I do it's it fills up my cup and it's great and I'm also happy to chill at home by myself and focus on my stuff like I don't know there's better balance maybe but there's something you're missing still you're you're still missing something you're feeling something you want you want to adjust yeah and I don't know if it's something that I have to just be like I guess that's how it is now. I don't think I don't think I do. No, I don't think you ever have to. Even me, like, even talking about changes from pandemic or our life stage, I don't think you ever, I don't think those, I don't say that to mean, like, accept it. This is the end. Like, no. Right. I, I think you, there's always ways to keep problem solving and get creative and it takes a lot of energy. I'm still signing I'm solving this problem right now for myself. I, I realized I was missing the one thing I don't really have in my life is like group socialization. And that's a very yeah. specific kind of nutrient to me, I realized. I actually have a bunch of friends, or like the correct number for me, of deep relationships that are meaningful relationships. I'm like, I'm solid. Don't need no more. These are great. Yeah. So lucky. Deep family relationships, like great. Working relationships I love, amazing. But they're all like one-on-one. And I'm very much missing, even though sometimes a group, like a 
group friendship circle, a group thing is a little almost more superficial. It's just a different thing that I do also need and I'm drained without it. Like I need that. So I'm trying to organize some random shit. Like I'm trying to problem solve it right now. And I, I think it's a mistake to just be like, well, this is how it is now and I'm miserable forever. Like keep working on it. Keep working on anything. I relate to the group thing. I'm over this one-on-one shit. It is the most, I'm like, right. I cannot have a fucking one-on-one. To, it, it's like really draining to me to do, if that's the only way I see people, it's draining Yep. sometimes. Even if it's the person I love most. It eats up your schedule, too, because if you have to schedule a bunch of one-on-ones, then, like, you're booked out for months before you get to see everyone you want to see, as opposed to, like, doing something as a group. You kind of, I hate to say check the box, but, like, you get everyone in one place and you get that, like, hit of socialization and seeing all your people and it's, like, one night and you're done or, you know, a couple weekend plans and you've gotten your fix. It's very different. And I I love group stuff. And that is something I'm totally missing too. Very like much something so. that I know about myself is that in groups, I thrive. I love to be like standing in a circle with a group of friends at a bar at a party and like talking shit and making people laugh. Like that is my element. I love it. And I have not had it in so long. And I do think that's the part of myself that I feel I'm losing and I want back. And I I don't know how. <laughs> it's a big deal. I'm like trying to organize some like more regular group things, sign up for some group things. Like you just got to throw some shit up on the wall. It's not all going to stick. I don't have the answer, but I am, you're not alone in trying to solve it. Um, there's also something to hang out in a group where like you don't have to, you don't have to talk for 50% of the time. You can yes. just chill and like observe the fucking dynamic and the situation and so different. You don't have to carry 50% of the hang. Like it's just, it's just a different, it's actually even with those people I love, it's a different way of getting to interact with them. It's a different way of getting to see them, getting to see them with other people too. Like it is another way of loving people. But I feel like I am all of my friends. I feel like I'm kind of all of my friends single friend. And I feel like they have relationships They have a friendship circle, a lot of them, and I'm like the person they go to when they need a one-on-one hang and love all of them. And I'm like, I cannot be that in all of my friendships because I'm fucking... Totally. It means I don't have days to myself. I'm tired all the time. Like, I'm also still missing the group thing. we Can we be integrated in each other's lives in a different way? Yeah, I I don't know. So many people are mad at me Well, yeah, when you're on a a one-on-one, like... Not only are you carrying 50% of the conversation, but that also means that you're having to give so much of yourself. Like you're having to open up about things that maybe you don't feel like opening up about that day. Like in order to fill 50% of a conversation with one other person who's a close friend, you're not always in the mood to like update them on everything and tell them how you've been feeling about this and whatever. Sometimes you just want to have fucking fun. Let's go do something. Let's go interact with the world instead of just the catch up. The catch up. Yes. The ketchup. I I am tired of ketchups. I'm tired of ketchup. Nothing is new with me. Nothing is new with me. I hate everyone. And my job is the same. And I'm like scared of the dark. Like these are constants. These are constants. (laughs) Yeah. Nothing has ever been new. I hate that question. Actually, I wrote something down along these lines because I was talking to a friend about this last week. Do I sound like a bitch? And. Just do I sound like a bitch? Are all of my friends who listen to this going to be mad at me? No, I talk to my friends about this stuff. I think people are feeling this and if they haven't talked about it, it's because they're afraid they're going to come off like a bitch. But I think everybody's feeling and thinking this. You and I are different levels of like, you're more introverted, I'm more extroverted. And we're both feeling this. I'm in a relationship, you're not. We're both feeling this. Like it's still, it's relevant to people. That's how I think about it. I don't know. I don't see people. Listen to me right now. Listen to me. I don't see people that I don't want to see. I don't spend time with people I want to see. If I'm seeing you, I love you. Agree. And, ma- and maybe I also want to see you in a group. I just want to get you in a new outfit, okay? Right. That's it. She does. That she does. Put on your birthday suit. <laughs> no, it's true. Seeing people in groups, it's the same thing as like when you start to date someone, you have a bunch of one-on-one dates, but then eventually yeah. you want to see how they are in a group. Yeah. Because you want to see how they interact with other people. Yeah. It's like a different type of humor. It's like a different energy. It's the same with friends. It's a different way to be with people. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. I was talking to my friends about this a little bit and saying how much I hate ketchups and like 
when somebody asks me what's new with you, I'm like, what the fuck? Like the same. It's the same. <laughs> Everything's the same. I'm. I mean, I'm changing every day, but like. I can't explain those little intricacies to you. I, either I don't know about them because they're happening. <laughs> I, couldn't, you, I couldn't even, I couldn't begin to explain to you how much I'm changing. Where do I begin? You sit down. You sit down and shut up. I'll tell you how I'm changing. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I'm not the same as the last time I saw you. And also, yeah. I have nothing to say about that. Um, <laughs> and one of my friends was like, instead of saying just how are you or what's new with you, a good question to ask is just like, what did you do this week? Or like... What are you? Like, is that a better? Specific, is that like, a better question? It's not an amazing question, okay. but I do think it's better than the broad. The broad. What's, what's new? What's new? Is yeah. very difficult. The like, oh, what did you? What were you up to yesterday? Or something? It just starts. Even if they're like, well, I was working all day and this and that. Maybe that opens a conversation. If they were like, oh, I, you know, I went to the gym and then I ran some errands. I don't know. You have more content to build off of and like make a conversation around instead of the what's new that's like yeah works good this is good I'm tired all the time like there's nothing to say about that get yeah. more specific I okay. guess that's what the guidance is is like get more specific with the questions don't ask me what's new I'm not gonna yeah. answer it I have nothing to share I have nothing to share everything and nothing you can only imagine Ugh. Oh, if only you wish you wish you knew what's new I know. Yeah, I wish I knew what's new. I'm making it really hard for my own friends to talk to me by everything I complain about. I think a lot of my friends, I found a lot of my friends from listening to the podcast, a lot of my best friends are scared to text me now. And I'm like, no, not what? you. Like, I hate texting with people who, like, aren't my friends oh. or, like, dragging on something that we don't need to... I'm Listen, I don't know what to say. This podcast will probably be the end of, my, end of all my friendships. Can we... You know, no, whatever, whatever. no, the good ones stay. The real ones stay. I have encountered this, a similar thing, though, where like people will be like, oh, I was wondering when you talked about X, Y, Z, like if it was you me were referring yeah, to, or that. if it was me. It's like sometimes I actually most of the time I just have theories and like <laughs> viewpoints that are just about the human race. And it's not about a specific person. When I'm talking about it, I'm not like actively thinking about a person that this is true of like nine times out of ten. I don't know. Everybody has those things, yeah. but not everybody has a podcast. So I that's know. the difference. I like, know. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard. It's funny. This is not a new problem. Like, I think my sister's sharing how Heming was it Hemingway lost like a ton of friends because oh. he just like was it Hemingway? I don't know. That tracks for Hemingway, the little I know about Hemingway. Put like all his friends on blast in <laughs> like without like concealing anything in like one of his books. I don't remember. I've lo- I didn't really pay attention when she was talking, so I don't know what the details. Are. <laughs> Something. But that's not the way that you lose friends. <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> no, I I've been I've been I wouldn't call it struggling with this, but I've been just like thinking about this lately. Yeah. Because another reason that I am feeling this way about like. I kind of want to get out more like I feel like I'm not as extroverted is because I feel like I have less content to talk talk about about. (laughs) like some weeks there's more some weeks there's less that's the way life goes but I feel like my life the past couple of weeks has been very in my apartment working on something like most hours and then when I'm not doing that I'm either at the gym or like relaxing whether it's with my boyfriend or with a best friend or by myself like I'm not doing a lot of like living interesting things worth stories. You don't yes. have reflections to share. What was that saying? Like you can't, the first step to writing the book is living a life or whatever. Like you can't. Exactly. And I was just like, how do content creators, madam, how do you do that? Like how do you come up with things to talk about every single week when like some weeks are just boring weeks and, and you want to protect certain parts of your life yeah. and so it's like a nascent ideas and nascent feelings that you're having um it's really quite difficult and I've I'm trying to grapple with like how can I make sure that I live more I also want to live more and want to do more fun things like I'm always loving that but sometimes I just don't have the time or space for it mm-hmm. and but then it like stunts my creativity and stunts the stories I can share and the reflections I have and all of that it's really a difficult thing to figure out. I I relate. I mean, I think for the most part, like a lot of content creators just make their content about a subject matter and it's not personal at all. 
You do interior yeah. design, you just talk about the design. You and I have made the explicit conversation to make the explicit decision to make this podcast about absolutely nothing at all. So it's <laughs> it's pretty hard. It's pretty hard to distract from the personal stuff. But um, I think that's also why a lot of my content ends up being like a rant or it's like, well, I can't talk about these personal relationships and I don't want to talk about every personal feeling while it's live processing. I need to, I need some space before I can talk about it. And I can't really talk about the ins and outs of dating because people be breaking up with me over it. So I'll just scream about chocolate and yeah. I'll scream about, you know, I talk about things then instead, which is stuff I like to talk about anyway. But that seems, I feel like that's been the safe territory. It's like, well, sanitary pads aren't going to end their relationship with me if I share our rapport. Yeah, I, the funny thing too is that people seem to enjoy that too. Like talking about sleep pants and whether we wear them or not is to me such a random thing that like I could have we could have easily cut that out of last week's episode and neither of us would have been upset the amount of time (laughs) that I spent after last week's episode where most of it was spent talking about like Jess's and I's very different feelings about parenthood which I'm so proud of us having fucking proud of us having that conversation because I feel like that's the most special thing about us is that we feel so differently about so many things and yet that doesn't mean we can't be fucking friends and it doesn't mean we can't support each other which I feel like is a novel fucking idea these days Mm -hmm. and it makes me proud to be like uh, on a really emotional topic on a a very personal topic you and I can still feel very differently and it actually doesn't mean I have to unchoose you as a person my god yeah but um yeah I spent so much time emotionally prepping Jess and myself for like I was like the people are gonna come for us for this one we gotta prepare ourselves for the (laughs) backlash we gotta prepare ourselves for the Instagram comments blah 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 blah. and then the only comment we got didn't get a single comment about parenting (laughs) the only comment we got was about sleep pants it was actually so affirming of the community that we have growing here I was like (gasps) what did it say about them what does it say about them? Well, I kind of felt like an asshole that I was assuming that they were going to come for me. But I don't know. I was just like, or maybe it was reaffirming. Maybe it was affirming of the fact that like the topic of parenthood, like people have really become more accepting about that, or at least the people that are listening to this, or maybe the fact that you yelled on the episode and were like, we don't want outsiders to sway <laughs> Jess into, maybe that's what did it. I don't know what did it, but um, I I was very like, I was both like shook that there were so few comments about that and it was really only about the random ass shit we threw into the episode to fill up time and I was also like (laughs) delighted because I was like well that makes me that makes me just feel more comfortable to actually maybe start to share a little more here Um, which I think we do do a fair amount of sharing but yeah it's just like the lines are forever blurry and confusing and the response we're going to get is always unpredictable and that we thought it was going to be in a negative way, but it ended up being like a very hilarious realization to have. Anyway, with all that said, should we throw in a fucking random thought about a thing that's not feelings related? <laughs> yeah, I have one too. Wait, give, give me one. Okay. Um, I have a new slogan that I've been using with my boyfriend <laughs> where <laughs> I say, I go, thank me. <laughs> And spank me. <laughs> how do you say it? Do you say it with a pause? Or how do you like say it for real now? Like you would say it to him. Yeah, the first time I did it, it was not premeditated. It just like came out of me. I was like, oh my God, this rhymes. I said thank me about something that I did for him. So I was like, thank me and paused. And like he gave me a kiss or something. And then I was like, and spank me. <laughs> and he was like, no, we're not doing this. We're not doing this. I'm not doing this. And I was like, that really just came to me in the moment. I'm such a fucking improviser. Like, and now I'm saying it constantly about everything. And he's <laughs> and obliging. I'm getting plenty of thanks and spanks, but he's not happy about it. And I wanted to <laughs> share it with the class. Try it out. Piss off your boyfriend. I'm a grudging <laughs> oblige. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Yeah, I love a, I love how you're branding your relationship. You're bringing all those marketing skills to your relationship. <laughs> I th- that's I feel like that's what he said. He was like, "This is not part of the brand. This is not part of the brand." And I was like, "It's part of the brand. It's part of the brand until he comes out with another slogan." <laughs> a slogan. Right. You can offer you can offer something, or yeah. you can just oblige. You're here for my 
whims. That's how I feel. <laughs> that was just a quick fucking thing. But go tell me, tell me about something no. more, <laughs> more substantial. No, I don't have anything more substantial than that. How could you be more substantial than that? I also love that. Right. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> The more substantial thing that you're referring to is that I was just going to share a turnoff. A, a hack? A, a new... No, a not, a, not, not a hack. I was like, what other sweaty limbs do you have? <laughs> it's really just my feet. But um, yeah, I'm just writing down petty turnoffs as I see them. I got sideswiped by one in the gym the other day, which is oh my God. a V-neck tee. You hate a V-neck. I I'm I'm not kidding when I say it's a deal breaker. I don't think <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. I don't think I've ever I don't think I've ever touched a man who wore a, a V-neck in front of me. I have questions. Okay. In my head, there's two types of men's V-neck tees. There's the deep V-neck, and there's the V-neck that like almost looks like it's a crew neck, but it has a little bit no. of a they're bend at the no, front. No, they're both bad. Both bad. It is weird for someone to wear one of those at the gym. It was a I com- will say first that. of all, it was a completely inappropriate outfit call for the gym. Yes, so bad judgment. <laughs> I would say it reflects on bad judgment and stupid as hell. I don't. I this is something that I think for most of my, actually for most of my petty turnoffs, there is a deeper philosophy behind it. But I just hate. I just hate the V neck. I feel like you have a lot of t-shirt opinions. It's a lot of t-shirt opinions. Like what was the... You like long sleeve crew necks. Yes. Le- again, long sleeve crew walked into... When I took myself out to dinner, my solo date the other night, walked into this pizza place, sat at the bar, and there was a guy across the room sitting there in a crew neck long sleeve tee, and I literally said out loud, I'm fucked. And then I was like, it was one of those things where... <laughs> it was one of those things where I was like, oh, you're speaking out loud. You have to sit down. I was just like, I'm fucked. <laughs> did you talk to him no of course not certainly not he's probably dead now yeah. Like, no. yeah you didn't look him up on airdrop god damn it come on do what i teach you <laughs> i did have a funny i did have a funny um i don't know moment sitting at that bar where there was like uh that guy uh, fucked fucked me guy uh, was sitting there with a friend and then there was like another guy pair sitting at the bar and they were kind of cute but I very quickly realized that they were a gay couple. But I kept doing this weird thing where I kept just the way I was looking and I was just observing people. I like kept making eye contact with one of the gay guys. And and I was like, God, that's so weird. Like I wasn't checking him out. I was just watching people interact. And I was so intrigued by this gay couple. They were just like having a great time and they were fun to watch. And I was like, oh, I don't want this guy to think I'm interested in him. He's clearly gay. And then, <laughs> then some people came in to meet them. And the guys, the couple got up and introduced themselves and they weren't a couple at all. They were just brothers. But something about their interaction <laughs> and I went, it was the weirdest, it was the weirdest twist where I wanted to be like, excuse me, I need to let you guys know you're brothers. Like you guys act like you're dating. Something about you is so romantic. I wanted them wow. to know. You can't go out together anymore. I don't, you got to stop going out together. Yeah. I think maybe one of them was gay. I mean, I don't know. I don't think it, it wasn't just that, like, I have never seen two men sitting together before, but they had such romantic energy and they were brothers. And then for the rest of the evening, they were very loudly talking about how they're brothers. Like, they said it over and over and over. And I was like, <laughs> I I think you guys, you might be having sex too, though. I don't know. There was something. As if they have something to prove. <laughs> yeah, That's so like, interesting. <laughs> it was such a weird, like, my name, my night came to like a halting stop. I was like, Whoa, whoa. Excuse me. <laughs> um, that reminded me of it's like it's a divergence from from what you're talking about, but the gay couple reminded me at a bar. My parents, they are spending most of the year now in Florida. They have a place down there and they're retiring like in the next year. And they've been making some friends down there, which is cute because my parents have never really been like friend people. They've oh. been very like we work and we do things for our kids and we hang out with family Mm. and like family is really their best friends and um they have like solid acquaintances and stuff and they're very friendly but they just don't have like close friends um that they hang out with a lot a lot of their close friends are also in lebanon anyway so um or in other parts of the world so (laughs) they're entering retirement making some friends in florida one of their 
key couple friends that they have is a gay couple. And um, my dad was saying that there's this gay bar that they go to, that these this couple goes to a lot. And he and my mom really want to get the invite to go with them one time. Aww. And I was like, oh, very exciting. Yes, you should. And my dad was like, but he was like, I hope that there's nothing wrong with me saying this. I, I just don't know how it works. I'm worried. What What do I do if I get hit on? To be descriptive for those of you who don't know my dad, he is a 5'5", bald, Lebanese man who just like is the sweetest guy, but he's not going to get hit on at a gay bar. Oh, why not? Also, Wait, why not? Well, he's a very handsome, he's got a handsome face. Don't get me wrong. Great smile on the guy. But I just feel like that's not, he's not putting out like hit on me at a, at a gay bar energy. Okay. Especially if he's there with my mom and especially if he's wearing his wedding band, which he does all the time. Yeah. So I was just like, dad, like, why is this a concern? So I educated him on it. First of all, I was like, just so you know, I know that this is not where you're coming from, but that thought process is something that like contributes to homophobia, like straight men always thinking that they're going to get hit on by gay men. So like no judgment. And I know that's not where you're coming from. But just so you know, like, just so you, you know, can you- say that to me. You can't say that to anyone. <laughs> and then I was like, no that all being said, <laughs> I was like, that all being said. I think, first of all, like, you wear your wedding band. Maybe people will, like, look for that when they're, like, approaching people to hit on them at a bar. But gay people also get married. Exactly. So they'll look for a wedding band. And if they see that, they'll be like, oh, this man's married. But this is the other thing. I was like, Dad, if it happens, just say. What would you say if a woman hit on flattered. you? What would you say if a woman hit on you? Well, like, exactly. I said. I go, I go, just say, thanks, I'm flattered, but I'm married. And before I could get out the words, but I'm married, my dad was like, oh, but I'm straight. And I was like, married. And he was like, oh, right, married. <laughs> it's like a weird thing. He wasn't even thinking about, like, the fact that he's married and all of this. He's just like, but married. I'm straight. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. Oh, that's is adorable. That's the ultimate straight boomer dad question. That would totally be my dad's question, too. Yeah. It's, fa- it's fair. I, like, really that's didn't. That's so funny. You know, I didn't blame him for it. I forgot it, that I mean, I'm married. The fact that they want to go. The fact that they want to go to it was cute enough. I hope that they do. So anyway. Um, I have a question. No. I, I would like your opinion on something. No. Okay. You know your segment, which I realize that we don't really do the thing where we say like, I have a segment. <gasps> we just stopped. We just stopped when we, we were out of control with segments. And f- by the way, spoiler, none of them were segments. We were just saying things. Right. And then all of a sudden we both just completely stopped. Stop. Never communicated. I would like to bring it back. <laughs> I would like to bring it back. Resurrect a segment. What's the segment? I'm resurrecting the segment, not a personality type. Yeah, well, that's a that's a good one. That's classic. It's a good segment. And I I think this is my opinion. It, But it could be changed. It could be changed. Okay. And I, yeah, that's all I'll say. I feel like this is not a personality type. Buying an old home and being like, we have an old mid-century <laughs> home from the... 1920s and it has these types of pillars and so much character okay I'm happy for you that you have a home that you're excited about and I'm sure it is beautiful and whatever it's nothing about like the design (laughs) of the home all that stuff is like fair game but just the fact that you bought an old home is not a personality type yeah just because you got a home with character doesn't mean that you now have character it still belongs to the home and it's still just a thing you acquired it's so funny because as soon I completely agree and it made me laugh because obviously I, I follow like so many design people on Instagram and that's a very common Instagram bio to put, which is like it's it's sort mm. of there because they're they're doing a design Instagram profile and so they're like letting you know this is what you expect here. I'm renovating my 1920s. But it is it does just sound like they're explaining everything about themselves and it's just that sentence. And you're yeah. Like, yeah. Totally. It it's relevant in specific settings. Don't like I understand the relevance for design and renovation and all that. I am I'm super into design and I can't even talk about it that much. Like ugh. it's like, okay, yeah. I, I just don't know what it means. I also <laughs> I have a really hard time with decades and like knowing what decade was what. Like I just can't keep it straight. <laughs> I was Same not one. good at history. You, I, you mean architecturally or just like you don't know about the time? You don't know about time? <laughs> I think architecturally especially, but also with I'm better at it with fashion, but only up to like 
the 70s. And then like I'm like. Cultural, d- d- cultural things? Yeah, like what was happening? Like, <laughs> how do I explain I this? I wish you could see Jess's face right now. It's Her eyes have never gotten so narrowed and her mouth <laughs> so puckered, trying to almost poop out a thought. What are you trying to say? This is not a pre-planned thought for the podcast. This is something that literally. I can does. tell. I can tell this was not something you worked at. <laughs> I'm just, I just mess up the decades a lot. When people are like, oh, this is a 70s thing. I'm like, I have to really do work in my brain to sort through like 70s. Okay. I think that's the time when there were bell bottoms and disco. Okay. That means this. Like it doesn't come to me very quickly. And some people refer to that stuff very easily all the time. I wonder what exactly it is that you're disconnected from or like what the connection is or the interest is that lends itself more easily to decade-related <laughs> References. Yeah. References? There is something. I feel like there's a chip in some people's brains that has that and some people don't have that chip or something. Well, I would say in many ways you are very of the moment, like pop. I would say you're very pop culture. You know a lot about pop culture. You know a lot about popular music. You know a lot about like popular celebrities and stuff like that. So I feel like you're very current, which I am not. I I, I can't say I know a lot about the past either. I've just chosen to learn nothing about any time. (laughs) But, (laughs) But you know a lot about today. I think that's true. I've always been more interested in like modern day current things. And even in history class growing up, I was like never very interested because it was just too removed from my existence. And I'm very selfish. Like I'm very like, tell me about me. I hate history. Every, exactly. <laughs> Everyone's always like, oh, history is easy. It's just like a story. I'm like, but it's the worst story. It's so boring. And everyone's boring and I'm not in it. It's just like <laughs> listening to your friend tell the longest story about a trip they took. It's like, oh, I wasn't there and it's in the past. What the? I don't care. I'll never go to these places. Oh, I hate this story so I've much. never felt more seen in my whole life. Oh, my God. You articulated history. it. Perfectly. I hate history. Not for history. Not for history. <laughs> not not for, past. for history. I I mean, yeah, like fucking no notes. That's exactly it. That's exactly the feeling. <laughs> I'm just, I have nothing to add. That's exactly it. I feel like, tell me about me. Tell me about things that are relevant to me. I remember in history class, there <laughs> would be like a me. glimmer of something relevant to me, like something that had to do with Lebanon, for example. And I'd be like, thank God I can breathe. <laughs> like, <laughs> I see myself in this moment, you know, otherwise, otherwise, what are we doing here? Um, professor, professor, uh, I, I see that none of these chapters are labeled about me. Uh, will there be anything about me in here? Um, history from 1991 on, I'm locked in. I'm keyed into it. I get it. I know it. I lived it. I know it. If you can just get specifically to the history of Bethesda, Maryland in 1988. I thrive. Best time, of, yeah, best time of my life. Peak, peaking. Um, anyway, <laughs> best, time, best time in world history. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I hate history. I hate the past. <laughs> why are we so? Why are we all so married to the past? Get over it. It's done. It's done. <laughs> I don't know when my building was built, but I know that I moved into it last year. And that's all I need to know. <laughs> I bought these covers just about a few months ago. I, uh, <laughs> I hung up that portrait just just recently. <laughs> this, is, this is where I picture you saying when somebody's trying to make small talk with you at a historical society party. And they're like, "What's your? what do you think is the most interesting moment in the 20th century? And you go... I bought that painting three weeks ago at Ikea. I bought those pillow covers last month. And you, your turn. That's how I feel. And now that I look around my apartment, I'm like, it really does have some architectural intrigue. Like, I'm sure, I'm actually sure that there's something interesting about it, but I don't need to know about it. Someone knows about it and they're titillated and I don't want them to tell me, but I want them to enjoy themselves. There, There's something, it, it actually does appeal to me more now 
learning about history is more interesting to me now than it was before. And I hope it stops here. I hope I don't keep enjoying this shit. <laughs> but um, but I do feel like I see a lot of people, it increases as they get older. And I can't exactly pinpoint why that I is. could see that. I That makes sense to me. I do think like... Again, stuff that's related to me is more interesting, but I don't even mean in the joking way we were just talking about. Like, learning the history of a culture that is part of your background, like, that's something right. I find more interesting. And I can understand why Still others... some connection to it, yeah. Yeah, I can understand why others, like, really value history in a certain way because it connects to where they come from. Like, that makes sense to me. But just knowing, like, the French Revolution and then the this and then the this, it's like reciting the facts that we had to learn in history class i just don't you just recited all the facts you knew all you could say was the french revolution and you were like marie antoinette napoleon um let the meat cake bonaparte he was short napoleon complex that's the part i remember is like the term that i use today which is napoleon complex (laughs) yeah that's the important stuff i've i've actually heard i think i heard this recently i thought it was really interesting that like um, I'm sure this doesn't explain all history files. I don't think that's the word, but like history file, whatever the pedophile for history is. Um, <laughs> whoever wants to diddle history. Um, is that it can actually be, for a lot of people, it can be a, a form of escapism when there's a certain kind of romanticizing. And a lot of people do this, romanticizing like, oh, life would have just been better in the roaring 20s. Like yeah. life was just simpler in the 70s. Life was just better. I think I do it with the 80s. I do it the most with the 80s. Okay. I feel like I really would have thrived in the 80s. Is that true? Probably fucking not. I would have flailed as much as I ever do. There was no but YouTube. There, yeah, well, there we go. <laughs> I would have just been, I don't know what I would have been doing. I don't have anything good to say. But I think there is an aspect of escapism um, and like getting to like swim and live in the characters and the possibility of a different time. I, I also think that that's very true. And I can understand and appreciate that. But yeah, it's just not something that I relate to is all like, there's certain people who really love, and there's a lot of people who really love like period piece type of movies and shows, like set in a in a previous time. Boring style. I think it's right. called boring style. It, I know. Yeah. It really confuses me. It's like no. never something that has interested me at all. But there is such a big fan base for that type of thing. And I think it's probably because of what you just described. Like it, there's an element of escapism. It's so different than the world we live in today that – Maybe that's what, you know, I enjoy escapism from the content that I watch, but it's more You just like do it a different way. Yeah. In a different, it shows up in a different way. Yeah, we all want yeah. that sometimes. So let's avoid our problems by living in the future. No, I don't mm-hmm. do that either. I don't know what I do, but I just want to laugh. Ha ha ha. Thank God we started this history podcast so we can talk about these <laughs> milestones through the the um, events that built up built us made us I don't know what's something stupid what's something stupid know. a history person would say right now I don't know it's the same it's the museum people that hate us that we already alienated like I'm I'm tired my of goal it. my goal actually this is actually my goal is to offend so many people so routinely that everyone just gets used to it and realizes that it it has never been personal and it has never been a reason to not hang out. Somebody, what, my friends, you know how often my own friends, listen, if you're offended, you know how often my own friends are coming to me and being like, I did not like what you said. And I'm like, cool, moving on. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Join, you know, join the fucking waiting list. You don't have to like it. You don't have to like it. But if you like other stuff, I don't know. It's just like we can exist and say things and then move on from it. I totally agree. I like how you phrased that. Um, Yeah. Offend them all and then no one is offended. Yeah. If you, if you like history, if you are, if your feelings are hurt and you're like, history matters. Also, I'm saying all this facetiously, obviously. Yeah. But if you're like, history matters, write in and tell us one, one thing that happened i don't want that (laughs) (laughs) you know the time that i told people to write in about their breakups and you were like not me send it to jess this is one of those you can send it to caroline i don't want it i do not want any history tidbits i there are certain boundaries that i am still learning how to set and there are certain boundaries that i can easily set that's an easy boundary for me to set i don't want it
You can find us at Not For Everyone Pod on Instagram. That's not the number four, Everyone Pod. We're having a time over there all the time. So come join us. Um, Caroline's at The Good Sitter on Instagram, and I'm at Jay Z DeBakey. Share this with a friend. Uh, write us a review. Send us your what a do's for an upcoming episode. We got to start reading some of the reviews. Some of the some of the reviews be cracking me up. I think yeah. it's so annoying that you can't leave a review on Spotify. But if you listen on Apple Podcasts, um, the sweet kooks be cracking me up on there. We got to read some of the, my favorite reviews. Yeah, yeah, I do love a lot of them. Um, so keep sending them in, and. Yeah, that is a good thing to note. Some people, I think, have asked, can you review on Spotify? And you can't right now. You can rate, though. So you rate can star- us. Yeah. You can star it. it give us five us stars or don't give us anything. Give us five or don't give us that. I'm not going to beat around the bush here. I'm not looking for a fucking warm three stars. Give me five stars <laughs> what or agree. get the fuck out. <laughs> That's hilarious to think that people are like, oh, they asked me to rate them, so I'm going to. And then they, are, they look at the stars and they're like, hmm, three. That's not what we're asking for. I think the, 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 like, the correct thing to do is to be like, rate us as fairly as you can. No! Give me five stars no. or get the fuck out. Get I am an Uber driver out. that says five stars, please, at the end of the ride. That is all oh. I'm here for. Thank you and good day. Um, <laughs> all right. Five stars, please. Big thank you to Prince Abby Newhouse, who is editing our podcast. We wanted to start crediting her because I seen too long people not getting credited for their work but then i made the mistake of just crediting her as prince abby which i realized really doesn't help people get in contact with her it's prince abby newhouse she is part of the monarchy you can find her on the internet look her up on instagram and she's a great writer she's a great producer of this podcast we love you prince okay bye talk to you soon bye bitch Um, cool. Cool. I don't have anything more to say about that. (laughs) That's such a great way. I'm going to start saying that in conversations. When someone bores me, I'm just going to be like, and I don't have anything more to say about that.